Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Forgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You are the one who is going to die. You are the one taking the poison. And so release yourself from the pain. Release yourself from the heart. God says that I will not hear you if you regard iniquity in your heart. And so it's important. Pastor Gandhi Olauye is the senior pastor of Jesus House DC, which he has led since its inception in 1995. He also serves as regional pastor in RCCG North America. A very passionate and engaging preacher, he's committed to preaching a message of freedom and deliverance. Pastor Gandhi encourages entrepreneurship and speaks regularly at seminars in different parts of the world on this topic. A successful businessman, he's pioneered many companies in various industries. A much sought after voice in business, finance and entrepreneurship, he sits on the board of several companies. He's passionate about the next generation of pastors and leaders and runs mentoring schemes and programs for younger pastors. Pastor Gandhi and his wife Omar are blessed with twin girls, Fain Tolu and Toluni. Please welcome to Pursuit of God 2020, Pastor Gandhi Olauye. I want to say hello to everybody in Jesus House London and especially during this COVID uh, period, I, I believe that we are all keeping very safe. I also have to say a great thank you to my dear friend, uh, Pastor Hagu, and um, the wife, Pastor Shola, of course, Doc, and Pastor Funke, and all the ministers in Jesus House London that make my dear friend look good. Why do I say that? You free him from a whole lot of things for him to concentrate on his passion of taking England for Christ. I'm believing in the Lord that this whole pandemic will be over very soon and that we will be able to be there uh, together. I want to thank God for the Pursuit of God program of 2020. And we know that from the foundations of the world, God knows that this is how this will be done. And we know we will be blessed. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word. As we share this word, we share it unto life, that it will be a great blessing to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. I want to share with us, done in this period, uh, what I've called the Holy Spirit, our helper. Holy Spirit, our helper. It's interesting, really, how we, the Pentecostals, we call ourselves Pentecostals, and we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And the, the Holy Spirit is too key for us as believers, to uh, as Christians, to ignore the way we have ignored it. Um, as so as we go on as believers and into our future, I want this, and I know you are in a great church where Pastor has done a great job, but I want all of us, and what we are trying to do is to build up upon that which he has been sharing with us. There is God the Father, there is God the Son, and of course there is God the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit, of course, is the third person of which we say is the third person of the Trinity. Jesus Christ said something. He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. God the Father is in heaven. And we know that today Jesus is in heaven. But the God that is with us today is the Holy Spirit. Is the one who is in person here on earth. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. <laughs> Where we talk about him being like a bird. He uh, came down like a dove or like a bird. It's not a bird. It, neither is it a wind. That's not what he is. It's not earthquake. It's not fire. It's not any of those things. The Bible itself was written by the Holy Spirit. That is the word of God was written by it. And it, God used men from all walks of life by their leading. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that all scriptures is written by the inspiration of God. And who gave them that inspiration? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of the Godhead. The text of the Holy Spirit is to bring to being the commandment of the Father and the performance of the Son. God the Father gives a command. So he says, let there be. And the Son performs the command of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the power of it. So the Holy Spirit is the power of God and is the power of the Son. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. Jesus said, but you shall receive power. That's what he said. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So power to evangelize. Power to do miracles. Power to do great things. Power to withstand the enemy. is the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And we're going to get there in a moment. That helps us. Is the one that gives us the power. The word power means the enablement. To do the extraordinary. What you cannot do normally. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's what the Bible says in the book of Acts. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with the power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. And that's why Jesus Christ said, wait, so you also can receive this power and with this power you'll be able to do healing and those who are oppressed, those who are in bondage. We cannot be in touch with the Father without the Holy Spirit. You cannot be in touch with Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. He is the one who will bring everything to your remembrance. In actual fact, your relationship with God the Father, your relationship with Jesus Christ will always be limited without a great relationship with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, um, reading from verse uh, 26, listen to what Jesus Christ said. He says, but the Holy Spirit, the helper, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. The word teach there means he will explain all things. He will guide. He will reveal all things to you. And bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said. So, anything Jesus Christ has said, all his promises, the person who will bring it to our remembrance is the Holy Spirit. So you can't ignore the Holy Spirit and expect that you will be able to get and remember what Jesus Christ has said and get the promises that he has promised of. Note verse 24, the B part of it. And the word which you hear that speak is not mine, but the Father who has sent me. The Bible calls him our helper. 
That's what it, Jesus Christ called him. He said, I'm, the, the, he said, the Father will send you an helper. Why did he say that? Because Jesus Christ lived in this world. He knows that human beings are going to be limited in their ways. And so human beings have weaknesses, but they need somebody to help them to go through this world. I wonder how unbelievers go through this world without an helper. We surely need help in everything that we do. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship, fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So we cannot ignore the person who is supposed to fellowship with us. We cannot ignore the person who is supposed to be our friend. We cannot ignore the person who is supposed to be our helper and expect that we will not have challenges that we will not be able to overcome. That's why it's there. So that when challenges come, the helper helps us to cross over, to go over that bridge of life. The Holy Spirit helps us even in our prayers. You are doing pursuit of God this year. Let me tell you this. You've got to get deeper and have a fellowship, a relationship, a, a, a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. Don't this pursuit of God. Why do I say that? Listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Reading the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Let's look at what it says here. I'm reading the New Living Translation. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness because we are weak. We are tired. There are times where we can't even, you don't want to get up, the, get up the bed. There are times when the adversity and the reverse situation of life has, has, has affected us. Listen to what the Bible says. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. So during this pursuit of God, you know, we don't even know what we want to pray for at times. You know, many of us, after we say five things, our prayers are finished. But listen to this. We don't know what God wants us to pray for. Because pursuit of God is that you want to know what is the mind of God. Listen to what it says. But the Holy Spirit prays for us. Because he knows our weaknesses. He knows our what? Limitations. He prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So at times we are just groaning. We are speaking in tongues. We are doing all of those things. And take note, speaking in tongues is the product of an indwelling of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. And the Father, verse 27, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. Because he knows our weaknesses. And listen to what he said. The Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit pleads for us, believers in harmony with God's will. So how will you take the one that is going to give harmony to God's will? You take him out of his life. You ignore him. So the Holy Spirit is there waiting for you to reach out to him, to have fellowship with him. It is his will that he will bring to come to pass. It's God's will. He is God himself. And he knows what the will of the Father is. So the fellowship means a friendly relationship. The fellowship means companion. It means friendliness. It means association with a person. It means somebody who has similar tastes and similar interests. That's what the Holy Spirit makes to happen for us. The Holy Spirit longs for fellowship. Don't in this pursuit of God, you've got to develop a relationship and a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because that's why he is here for us. Jesus Christ. He says, wait for the promise of the Father. And what is the promise of the Father? It is the Holy Spirit. He lives within us. So when we don't know what to do, we ask him for help. That's why he's here. 
Just like the life of Jesus. Jesus did absolutely nothing without the help of the Holy Spirit. When he was in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when he was reading his manifesto, his manifesto means, means that what he, had, what he plans to do in this world. The first thing he said is that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. When he went into that temple, he picked up the Bible, the scripture. He said, the, the Spirit of the of the Lord is upon me and he has, he has anointed me that is he has enabled me to do certain things you need enablement <laughs> ask the Holy Spirit for help he's our helper that's why he's here that's why he is here and so Jesus Christ did absolutely nothing the Bible says that even when he went for temptation he was guided he was led by the Holy Spirit it's the Holy Spirit that empowered him it's the one that guided him and so you find out that he, was, he, he went to the pool of Bethesda. What did he do? He healed only one person and left the place. Because he was led. That's the thing. Because those who are children of God are led. And so the Holy Spirit leads us on a daily, daily basis. Jesus Christ, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, is John chapter 5. Jesus Christ said this. He says, I can of my own self do nothing. Amazing. The creator of the heaven and earth, he says, I can of my own self do nothing. He says, as I hear, I judge. What does that mean? He says, it's not as I hear, not as I feel, not as I woke up. He says, as I hear. What does he hear? As I hear the spirit of God. As I hear the Holy Spirit. He says, I make my judgment and my judgment is always right what's jesus saying there he says i never make a mistake why don't i make a mistake because it's not about how i feel it's not about how i think it's about how i hear and that's what the holy spirit that's why he's here for us to speak to us it's our comfort it's our help that's what he is first corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 says this now we have received not the spirit of this world so there's a spirit of this world Guess what the spirit of this world does? It tells us contrary things that makes us to sin. But listen to what it says. But the spirit who is from God. So the spirit which is from God tells us about godly things. The spirit of this world tells us about the things of this world that fills the flesh. That's so important. <clears throat> that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So the Holy Spirit is the one who will guide us to all truth. We'll talk deeper about that. So, is the one that can only tell us what God has freely given to us. Not the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world comes from the devil. The spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. is the one, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, he was one who will tell us. He will show us. Is the one who knows the things that have been freely given to us. So, for salvation, it's the Holy Spirit that we, it's the one that pulls us. It's the Holy Spirit. For a sinner to be saved, the Holy Spirit is the first person of contact. Why? Jesus Christ said, he's the one who will convict us of sin. For us to get saved, there must be conviction of sin. And that's one of the things he said that the Holy Spirit will do. He says he will convict us of sin. He says that he will convict the world and, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And so the first person that we have contact with is the Holy Spirit as a non-believer. And so this is what happens. The Holy Spirit does this. When he sees a sinner, he convicts a sinner of sin. And he takes that sinner, watch this, he takes the sinner to our Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's why we say, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. So the Holy Spirit takes us to our Lord Jesus Christ. We make that confession to our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the, Jesus Christ takes us to the Father for forgiveness of sin. My God, listen to me. Holy Spirit does not forgive people of their sins. Jesus does not forgive people of their sin. The holy person that forgives sin is God the Father. Jesus Christ said this like this. He said, say this, our Father who art in heaven, he taught us a prayer. And then he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Jesus Christ said this again. He said when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them of their sins, for they know not what they are doing. Then Jesus Christ said this also. He said, if you do not forgive men of their sins, my heavenly Father will not forgive you of his sins. But you can say, but, but Jesus Christ said uh, uh, that you might know that the Son of Man has been given when he healed that man. Yes, Jesus also forgave sin when he was here on earth. But the person who ultimately forgives sin is God the Father. So it is the one we call on where we ask for forgiveness. And when you read the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ presents the people to the Father and says to the, to the Father, he says that these are the people who have accepted me and then God forgives them. That's what happens. And so it's important that we take note of that. And of course you can read that in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 18, 35, Mark 11, 25 and 26, Luke 23, 34. You can see that it's the Father that forgives. But the Holy Spirit is the one who initiates it. It's the one who convicts people of that sin. Let me say this. The voice you hear, when you say you hear the voice of God, is the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's the one who communicates the voice of God to us. It's the one who communicates the voice of God to our conscience. In Romans chapter 9 verse 1, Paul said, I tell you the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness with the Holy Spirit. So, from creation, the Holy Spirit has been there. It's interesting that we don't talk about him as much, but he has always been there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Let's look at this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation because we always look at Holy Spirit as something spooky. No, it's not something spooky. Like I said, it's not a bird. It's not wind. It's not fire. It's a person. It's a person because the Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So it's a person. He has feelings. But the devil has made this thing look spooky. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, people don't want to talk about it. But let's look at this in Genesis chapter 1. Reading from verse 2. The heart was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering brooding another translation say over the surface of the water then god said let there be light the person that when god said that thing the person who brought the light is the holy spirit the spirit of god was hovering over and let me quickly say this one the bible says it was formless and more big in nature it was shapeless without a shape but this is what happened so at times our lives might be shapeless. At times we are trying to find our way about life. One thing I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit that has been given to you is what I call a doing spirit. He is 
a doing spirit. It's a spirit that does things, makes things happen to us. And so, here the Bible says his spirit was hovering over what was shapeless, what was amoebicking nature, what was shapeless, what you could not define. But what happened is that the Holy Spirit always brings a finished product without a raw material. Without a raw material. The Holy Spirit can bring one thing. He can bring a finished product. And we could look at this. So what happened here? They said the, the, the word was with darkness. The Holy Spirit did one thing. He brought light. It was without form. What did he do? He brought form to it. So today, if your life is shapeless, the Holy Spirit can bring a complete shaping into your life. He can shape in your life. Your life is formless. The Holy Spirit can do one thing. He can bring a form and order into your life. That's what he can do. You know, another translation says, the world was a chaotic mass. But what was chaotic, order came out of it. So if you want order in your life, let the Holy Spirit that dwells within you, let it start to manifest itself inside of you. We make a lot of mistakes because we don't know what to do. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. A lot of mistakes. That's why Jesus Christ said, he says, as I hear, I make judgments. I make choices. He says, my choices is never wrong. Go and read this in, in the book of John chapter 5. He says, I never make mistakes. Why? Because as I hear the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit knows everything. So he guides me to make the right choice all the time. And the word light means knowledge. The word, dark, the, word, the word darkness means ignorance. And so, if you are ignorant about anything, let the Holy Spirit shine his light into that darkness. And all of a sudden, your ignorance becomes knowledge. Shapeless. Then your life will have shape. So, if there is darkness in our life, we can always ask the helper to shine light into it and give us understanding. Unto it. Let's look at John chapter 16, verse 13. John chapter 6. I'm taking another curve. This is very, very, very important. This, this passage is one of the most important. Uh, John chapter 16 and John chapter 14. Let's look at what John chapter 16 says here. Reading from verse 13. This is Jesus Christ when he was about to go. This was what he said to them. He said, however, when the spirit of truth, that's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the spirit of truth, that is, there is what you call fact, that's what you call truth. The thing about truth is that it's permanent. Facts can change, but truth never changes. You know, you can be a fact today that this is the best cell phone. But in another two years, it might not be the best. So, facts can change. But truth is permanent. So it says where the spirit of truth, a permanent information has come, it will guide you. It will guide you. Brothers and sisters, you and me, we know that we need guidance. It will guide you into all truth. For it will not speak of its own authority, but whatever he hears, it will speak. That's how he guides us. Whatever he knows about you, whatever he knows about John, whatever he knows about Mary, that's what he will tell them. It's not going to be about him. And then he went on to say that he will tell you things to come. 
that is, you know, every time I read this one, I'm always so excited. My God, he said, it will tell you of things to come. Can you imagine? I, I'm telling you, I think it's a sin for us to ignore the Holy Spirit. The person who will tell us of things to come. Can you imagine? If you know things to come, the choices you will make will be different. That's why he left him for us. We ignore him. That's why we make so many dumb mistakes. That's why we don't do the right things. He says, the things that you don't know, what's going to happen in five years? That's why it's called, it's called the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the end before the beginning starts. And so what does he do? He will tell you, this person you want to marry, this is what's going to happen. This person you, want to, you are doing this business with, this is what will happen. He will tell you of things to come. That is one of the greatest advantages every believer we have over unbelievers. The ability to know tomorrow, to know what will happen, he shares it with you. I have many experiences with this, personal experiences, where God has told me of things that will happen. And when we know that, it changes everything for us. It changes everything. He says, it will tell you of things to come. It will tell you of your future. My God, how foolish have we been by ignoring the Holy Spirit? Then we are trying to say, God, what are you going to do? The Holy Spirit is there to tell you what he is going to do. He's there. In Adam was what? Mud. Was formed from the soil. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. But God breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became what we call a living soul, a living being. That breath is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of creation. It's the power of creation. It was one brooding over. When he brood over it, you know what brooding means? It's like a, 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 a hen. Most of us though, are not used to that. How a hen sits upon when he wants to hatch his, his eggs. It sits over it, brood it, so that they can come to life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He broods over situation and makes what dead brings it to life. It quickens the dead. That's it. That which does not look like anything. Don't forget, it creates raw material. It creates a finished good without raw material. Job said in Job 26, 13, by his spirit, he adorned the heaven. The God adorns the heaven by his Holy Spirit. And the same spirit that God wants to pour on us and we privilege being believers. The same spirit that he used to adorn the heart is the same spirit he wants to pour upon all of us. He says that in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, a passage we know very well. He says, in the last days, I will pour out all, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That is all flesh that is ready to receive it. He will pour it out on them. And we saw that happen. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Let's look at this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I said that the power of God is the Holy Spirit. We saw it at creation in the book of Genesis. When we were introduced to the new covenant, we found out that the Holy Spirit was one of the first of the trinity that showed up again. Let's look at this in, 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 in uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After the mother and all of those things. And then the Bible went on to say uh, to us in verse 20. 
But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph the son, do not be afraid take, uh, to take to you marry your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. That's what I said. That he, he creates finished product without any raw material. <laughs> A woman needs spermatosa <clears throat> for her to conceive. Yeah, there was nothing like that. And of course, I don't want to go into, into that. That would take me off my job. But the, we know that <clears throat> because in man there is sin. So the seed that must produce Jesus Christ cannot afford to be a sinful seed. Then he is corrupted. So, but here, see, he tells us that it, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And it will bring forth a son. That's why I say to you, the Holy Spirit is the one who has been here for us to produce things that we need for us. The things we do not have. That's it. He's the one who prays for us. Don't go through this pursuit of God without understanding the Holy Spirit. So you're not just praising, you're not just praying amiss. You are praying with the help of the Holy Spirit down in this pursuit of God. He's the one who knows the mind of the Father. He is God himself. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Interesting. It's just, it's, it's, part, of this, um, it's part of the story also. Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Because I know not any man. How can what you say, how can this come to pass? It can come to pass. Since I didn't have any seed, don't forget the Holy Spirit produces a finished product without any raw material. I do not know what you are believing in God for. During this pursuit of God, during this year 2020, during this pandemic period, during this challenging time, one of the most challenging times the world has ever witnessed, it is actually maybe the, the, the worst that will happen in our generation. Don't say, I don't have this. Don't say this. No, you have the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything. Listen to what the angel said. He answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I prophesy to your life also that the Holy Spirit will come upon you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will do one thing, will come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes, it comes with the Trinity. They walk in unison. That's what it says. It will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So I do not know who I'm speaking to today. You are asking yourself, how can this thing happen? I prophesy into your life that you can go from lack into abundance. And that's what will happen to you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can go from devastation, loss of job, Sickness, unexplainable challenges of life. I pray and I say and I prophesy in the mighty name of Jesus, you will go into abundance. You can go from barrenness into fruitfulness because he went on to say that, look at what he said. Now indeed, Elizabeth, the relative, your relative has also conceived a son in an old age. That's what he said. He said, she has done that one. So I do not know who is listening to me today. You are homeless today, but I prophesy to your life, you will become an homeowner. 
You are struggling. You are struggling in your life today. I prophesy to your life. You will have the comfort of life. Whatever you are believing in God for. During this period. During this pursuit of God. It will be different for you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14. Verse 16. Let's look at John chapter 14. Verse 16. We've got to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Once again. Afresh. Afresh. Listen. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandment. Verse 16 says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I can preach that for two weeks. Listen to what it says. It says he will, you, you will get what I call helper. Don't forget I said it, that Jesus, when he lived here as man, he knew one thing, that man will need help. Don't forget that. And that's why he says, I will give you another helper. I want you to say another. Let me say, tell you this. The word another there does not mean another as a replacement. The word another there means exactly the same. Exactly the same. That's what he says there. He says, you will get somebody because Jesus is also our helper. So he says, what he will give you is another helper. He gave us a comforter because he, they called him the comforter. They called him the advocate. They called him a whole lot of names. Each of those names have significance because Jesus knows that he will do all of these things. We need somebody to plead our case. The Holy Spirit will do it. We need comfort. You know, the word comforter. It's because Jesus knows we will go through challenges in life. We will go through tribulations. We will go through adversity that will overwhelm us. Hence, he says, all the comforter. So, he said, he will give you exactly like me. And that's why he said, don't let your heart be troubled. He's going to give you somebody exactly like me. That he may abide with you forever. This is very significant because, like I said, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit had visitation. You know, the, the Bible will say, and the Spirit came upon David, and the Spirit came upon Samson, and the Spirit came upon this person. So there was visitation of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, he has come not to visit, but to abide. And abide where? Abide inside of us. That's why the Bible says we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. The treasure of having the God living inside of us. He says he will abide with you forever. He said he called him again the spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive because they neither see him, they don't understand him, nor knows him. But you, you know him. How do you know him? Listen, let me say this, let me pause here. How do we get the Holy Spirit? The first step is that the Holy Spirit convicts us. When he convicts us, we Accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, at that very time, there is a deposit of the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's how we receive the Holy Spirit. That simple prayer is an invitation for the Holy Spirit to come inside of you. Don't forget, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he presents us to the Father. The Father forgives us our sin. We become a new creature. And when we become a new creature, the Holy Spirit starts what I call, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper into that in a few minutes, it becomes the work of sanctification for us. 
That's what he does. That's what he does. So he, he says that he will do one thing. Another translation, like I said, called it the advocates. He calls him the advocate. He says, you will have another advocate. You have another helper, another comforter. Exactly the same. But this one, because Jesus Christ said, I'm not going to be here forever. I have to go and prepare a place for you. But when I'm gone, you will have him here. Let me tell you the one I like the most, verse 18. So, sorry, let's finish that one. It says, for he, for he dwells with you and will be in you. <laughs> look at what it says. Look at, look at that verse very well. It says, because it neither sees or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he dwells in you. So the Holy Spirit is with us, but he will dwell in us when we accept him as our Lord and our Savior. Everyone who is a believer, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. It's time for you not to ignore him again. It's time for you not to. John chapter 14, he dwells in us and he will be in you. Let me say this one and then I quickly move on. Verse 18. I like this one. Oh God, I like this one. I like this one. It's, it's, it's exciting for us who are believers. Verse 18. It says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. But I'm going to come to you <laughs> in the name in another way. Another me will come to you. Exactly like me. God like me will come to you. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Why did he say that? I will not leave you as, I, I will not leave you fatherless. What are orphans? Orphans are people who don't have guidance. Say, I'm going to give you guidance. Orphans are people who don't have provision I will provide for you. He will come and he will provide for you. Another me. Orphans are people who don't have protection of parents. He says, I will protect you. So he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Everything a good father will do, I will, he will do it for you. The Holy Spirit will do one thing, he will do it for you. He will provide for you, he will guide you. He will lead you into all truths. He will be there for you. He will tell you of things to come. In his guidance, he will tell you, he will lead you in the path of righteousness. He will do everything that you require for him to do. That's why he's here. Don't ignore him. That's why he's here. So the communion of the Holy Spirit is so important. Because when you commune with the person, you have his presence. Don't go through this pursuit of God without God's presence. His presence is the Holy Spirit. So when we say, sweet Holy Spirit, to be with you. His fellowship is just to acknowledge him. He's present because he's there with you. He's there with you. He's in you. Oh God. Communion means participation. It means intimacy. You will never experience the deep love of Christ. Take my, uh, read my lips. You will never experience the deep love of Christ until you know the Holy Spirit. In natural fact, your knowledge of Christ will always be limited until you have a relationship and an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus Christ is the one who said so. He says he will not talk about himself. He will talk about him, Jesus Christ. And he will bring to your remembrance all the things that Jesus has promised us and the Father has promised us. That's what we do. Communion means friendship. That's what he will give to us. So I want to 
quickly because I'm, <laughs> I'm out of time. But let me quickly take a couple of uh, a couple of uh, topics on um, on the Holy Spirit. The first one is communion, which is one I talked about. Communion means presence, fellowship, sharing together, participation, and intimacy. Number two, I want to talk about is baptized. People say we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. A believer is baptized with the Holy Spirit when they are equipped for the service with all the help of the Holy Spirit. You are baptized for service. So that's why Jesus Christ said, wait, the Holy Spirit will, you, you will you baptize the people in the name of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus knows our weaknesses. Hence, he said, you will need power of the Holy Spirit to continue to be my word, witnesses. You will need the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to be my witnesses. That is, to speak on my behalf, to do things on my behalf. It will transform your weaknesses. It will transform it to supernatural. That's what it does. Walking in the Spirit, people talk about walking in the Spirit, is the guidance it's the Holy Spirit guidance that protects us from doing what the devil or the flesh wants us to do. So, God's plan is for our spirit man to control us. The one that is the most important is our spirit. So, when we are born, we are born into sin. So, what happens is that our spirit dies. When we accept Jesus Christ, dies. And then, we say we are born again. Then, we have a new spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of God. Because the other one, man is... We are flesh, and also we are spirit. The spirit we had before is the spirit that comes from the spirit of this world. What it does for us is that it attaches us to our flesh. When the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, when we accept him, he attaches us to God, our Father. So that unification of our spirit and God comes when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We must not forget that. Who you really are is your spirit. That's who you really are. Because this body, we decay. That's it. If we came from soil, we go back. It's our spirit that lives into eternity. That's what happened. It's our spirit that lives in. And that's where the Holy Spirit dwells and it starts to make a walk in. When the Bible says, yeah, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Like I said earlier on, in the Old Testament, it was visitation. But in the New Testament, for every believer, the Spirit of the Lord is poured upon us when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. When it comes to sanctification, sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit in the plan of redemption to carry out this work. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. It is the work of the Holy Spirit guiding us into all truth and convicting us all the time about the works of our flesh. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads us when we yield to him and when we embrace God's word and his promises. Sanctification is a separation from the world and setting apart for God's service. The Holy Spirit is the one that causes this to happen. Blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. People talk about this. What's blaspheming of the Holy Spirit? Let me say this one. A believer cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit because blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a rejection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Attaching the works of the Holy Spirit to the work of the devil. So if you are a born again Christian, you are not going to, when people talk about unpardonable sin, a believer does not need to worry about unpardonable sin because you as a believer 
you have received the Holy Spirit. This is what happens. Like I shared with us, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings us. So when a man rejects the Holy Spirit, that's when it becomes an unpardonable sin. When a man rejects the Holy Spirit, because that is the last thing that God, has, that is the thing God has put in place for a man to be redeemed and to come to him. So a rejection of him becomes an unpardonable sin because that means you reject him and when you reject him, that's damnation. So when damnation comes to, uh, happens, that's hellfire. That's why it becomes an unpardonable sin. So blaspheming of the Holy Spirit and it's the rejection of the works of the Holy Spirit that brings us to salvation. So when you are saved, Forget unpardonable sin. Because it cannot be unpardonable again. Because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. When you reject the Holy Spirit, that's the last resort of God that you have rejected. And so, that's important. Then there is what we call knowing spiritual things. We can know spiritual things of God. Through the spirit of this world, we can only know spiritual things of God through the Holy Spirit. So, it's the Holy Spirit that makes us to know the mind of God and spiritual things. And this can only happen when we surrender ourselves unto him. The fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is the behavior that the spirit produces. He dwelling within us. He produces this Christ-like nature in us. So fruit of the spirit just means godly character. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can see that in, in Galatians chapter 5. I pray that in this pursuit of God, you will open yourself much more to the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, I do have, I've, I've gone over even my time. I don't have time. I wish I can cut deeper in a whole lot of this. And let me say this. How do you become victorious with the Holy Spirit? Is if you keep feeding the Holy Spirit. How do you keep feeding the Holy Spirit? Is you getting acquainted with the Word of God. That's it. Get acquainted with the Word of God. That's how you feed Him. That's how you feed yourself. That's how you develop your relationship with Him and your intimacy with Him. You can't ignore the Word of God and expect that you will see a great manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is the one who inspired men to write it. And so these promises and all of those things, you can always remind him of that which he has inspired people to write. I'm out of time, but I'm not out of message. But I believe that someday we'll be able to cut deeper into this in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you. Heavenly Lord, I have put the skeleton had the flesh, Holy Spirit, to eat in their hearts. And let us not be hearers alone, but let us be doers. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your utterance. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.